Welcome to the Victory Center's podcast, where we here at Victory Center uh, believe that God wants us to have a victorious life. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope that you're blessed by the word. God bless you. That song has a special place in my heart. Um, for some sort of reason, I suffer from a chronic disease called asthma. I know, I know, I don't look like it, you know, I look like it. <laughs> but it looks like short of breath. <laughs> and this, you guys know what asthma is, it takes your breath away. Um, I can remember the first time I had an asthma attack and the attack, just like a lot of things that come into your life to throw you off your game, they come into your life to kill, steal and destroy. It's usually the enemy that comes to attack. When that attack came, the only thing I really wanted in that moment was a breath of air. The, the only thing I really wanted was to breathe at that moment. I didn't, I didn't want any money. I didn't want any stuff. I just wanted some air. I, I needed to be able to breathe. And that just reminds me that everything that we go through in life, there's going to be some things that happen to you that's going to take your breath away. There's going to be some attacks on your life that are going to take your joy away. It's going to take your strength away. But if you can just remember, it's your breath in my lungs. God, I'm going to pour out that praise. Because if you ever get to breathe again after being under attack, you really know what it's like to be under attack. And when you come out of that attack, you can give God some praise. When you're in the attack, you can trust him and know that he'll bring you through that attack. So if for no other reason that you can give God the glory this morning, you can thank God and say, I can breathe. You can thank God and say, I got breath in my lungs. And the breath I have, God, I'm gonna give it back to you. I don't know about you, but I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall dance, O Jerusalem. I just want to ask you this morning, are you in the house? Are you in the house this morning? Are you ready to receive what God has for you? Because I believe that God has a word for us this morning that's going to be life changing. I can tell you that in the preparation for this message, God has been dealing with me. And I pray that he speaks through me today to you. So if you will, turn in your Bibles. I'm going to take you to John this morning, chapter 3, verse 25 through verse 30. John chapter 3, verse 25 through 30. And when you have that scripture this morning, just, just give me an amen. Now it's Sunday morning, so I'm going to need some stronger amens. I'm going to give you a couple more minutes this morning. Got me up here praising. The scripture says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. And when we give God our praise, he honors that praise. You can look forward to some great things happening in your life when you praise God. When the blessings, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. John chapter 3, verse 25. If you have it, say amen. amen. And the amens have it. It reads as follows. Developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial washing. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man 
who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about. Look, he is baptizing everyone is going to him. To this, John replied, a person can receive only what is given to them from heaven. You yourself can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. The joy, that joy is mine and it is now complete. He must become greater and I become less. I want to touch on just two of these verses again where it says, look, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. And in verse 30, he says, he must become greater. I must become less. I want to use for a subject or a text, a reference point this morning, too big for Jesus, too big for Jesus. If you look at our text this morning, you'll find John the Baptist, the one who was preaching in the wilderness, the one who was baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost. John the Baptist, the one who many got baptized under. He is pointing people in the direction of the only true and right God It's John the Baptist. He has a measure of fame. He has a measure of success. He's John the Baptist. And he has a group of disciples. Let me remix it for you. He has some homeboys who are in his crew. He's got some people on his team. He has some followers on his Instagram. John the Baptist has a people that tell him that he's the man. He has some people who pump him up and keep reminding him that John Baptist, you the man. John, you the man. You got this. And we find that they come to him and say, Hey, you remember that guy you was with on the other side of the Jordan? You remember that that guy who who you baptized? You remember that guy, the one you testified about? Well, now everybody is going to him. They're not coming to you anymore, John. What are we going to do about this? We got a problem. We we got an issue here now. Now, how do you want us to fix this? How shall we campaign it? How do we make this better? And John simply replies to them, I told you myself that I'm not the Messiah. I told you myself that I am the one who will come before him. I know you think I'm great. I know you think I'm good, but it's all about Jesus. He, he ends it off and he said, I must become less and he must become greater. I just want to talk to you this morning just for. I never want to get in a position where I'm too busy or too big for Jesus. We live in a world today where bigger is better. 
everything has to be large. Everything has to be at a certain size. I mean, if it ain't big, it, it ain't good. I, I need a bigger house, a bigger job. I need a bigger bank account. My 401k must be bigger. It seems like all we associate with good has to be big. We want big lives and they even teach you in school that you must work hard so you can get more and be better. And it's always about being big. It's better. But let's talk about it for a minute. Big money. We all seem to want, want some big money. Ain't, ain't nothing wrong with some big money. We, we need some big money. Big money can buy big houses and big cars and big things and take big trips and I'm doing it big my best life. Big money, right? Big money is one of the greatest tricks that the enemy has because if he can focus you on big money, he can keep your eyes off the big God. <laughs> so I make it plain to you this morning that big money ain't all what it's cracked up to be. Big money ain't all what you need because I, I know a lot of people in here, they feel like if they had a million dollars, you may not even be here this morning. You would probably be somewhere on a yacht and in the Cayman Islands having a good time because of big money. You can have big money, but it separates you from a very big God. Oh, what are you talking about, preacher? Well, let's back it up a little bit. Again, I tell you to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Matthew 19 and 24. You can read it in your Bible. We all are chasing some sort of big money. And don't get me wrong, money is good, but money is a tool. Money is good, but money don't solve all problems. I'll back it up and remix it a little bit for you and give it the way Biggie Small said it, more money, more problems. <laughs> if you don't believe me, get some more money and see how many problems you have. The problem that big money brings is that if it's hard for a rich man to go to heaven, why are so many Christians who claim to follow Christ want that big money? If, if big money the God that I love, the God who saved me, why am I so wrapped up on getting some more big money? Maybe the enemy has tricked us to think that security comes with green dollar bills and black cards and being able to have anything you want, but be careful because everything you want ain't good for you. Be careful this morning that you don't become too big for God because your money gets big. Let's talk about it this morning. Big house, big job, big fame, big blessing. We want it. Give it to me all, God. You can trust me if you give it to me. But is that really accurate? Is that really true? If 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 I give it all to you, will you forget who gave it to you. If I give you everything that you want, will you forget the God who gave it to you? Or what's the truth behind this? For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? Mark 8 and 36. You can have it all. You can get it all. You can possess it all. And guess what? You can still lose your soul. You can get all the stuff, but one day, you're going to pass away and all the stuff that you've gained, you've gathered, you've kept, it's going to be left behind for somebody else to enjoy. Yeah. 
You see, the one thing we have to realize is that we are just vessels passing through this land. We didn't come here to stay. This is not our home. We're just borrowed time. Uh, people are losing their mind, figuring out how to pay their house off and how to own the car they have. But how do you know that you're going to live to see that paid off house? Because everything gets old and everything breaks down and even we break down and get old. The stuff really doesn't matter. The more you get doesn't make you happier. The things will never fill the God sized hole in your life. You can gain the world, lose the soul. At the end of the day, it's only Jesus that matters. Just talking about being too big for Jesus this morning. I don't want to step on any toes because I know we all in the same boat. I'm not exempt to this. I'm not preaching to the choir because many times in my own life, I've lived the bigger is better. Get more, be more, try more, have more, need more, more followers, more fame, more stuff. When God says, all you really need is more of me. Preacher, where are we going this morning? Where are we, where are we headed to this morning? Too big for Jesus. We just, we just too big for Jesus. And it's funny because we're more worried about the things than we are about the master. We, we've got ourselves confused. We even push our children and our spouses and our parents around to try to, try to make room for more stuff in our life. How many pairs of shoes can you own? I can be guilty of it. How many houses can you live in? Only one at a time. How many bathrooms can you use in a day? How many do you really need? We always are looking for better. We take the perfectly fine and remodel it. The perfectly working good and upgrade it. And it's not a bad thing to have stuff. Don't get me wrong. It's a bad thing to put God before the stuff. He wants to give you the desires of your heart, but if your heart is desired on him, he'll give you everything that you ever wanted and ever needed. But you can't do it the reverse way to desire your own heart. Come on, somebody. I don't know who I'm talking to today. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. I may be the only one, but there's been points in my life where I just desire what I wanted. Let me get what I want. Let me get what I need. That's just that's just me. And we seem to find ourselves too big for Jesus. This is what I'm talking about today. I don't ever want to be too big for Jesus because the truth of the matter is no matter who you are, you don't want to outgrow the God who's given you everything. Man. You mess around and get too much stuff. You mess around and get too much money. You'll outgrow Jesus. You'll leave him behind. You'll forget to pray. You'll forget to thank him. You come on. I'm, I'm just talking a little bit this morning. I, I don't I don't I don't really know if you follow me, but you can be too independent for prayer. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to pray. I, I'm good. Everything's fine. I'm good to go. I don't need to talk to God. I, I talk to him when some problems arise. I'll talk to him when I need him. But right now I'm too independent for prayer. Um, I can be too busy to be thankful. I'm too busy making this money, getting this cash. I got to get my stuff on. I ain't got time to be thankful. Right now I'm on my grind. No sleep, no days off. I ain't got time for God. I got to keep it going. <laughs> Trying to bless yourself when God's the only one who can truly bless you. Amen. 
God wants to give you a blessing you ain't got to grind for. The Bible says he'll give you houses and land you didn't build or pay for. I'm just trying to tell you what the word says this morning. We too busy on our grind. We can't be thankful for what God has given us or what he wants to do in our lives. What are we talking about? Too strong to be weak. Anybody can testify to this this morning that, that, that sometimes you find yourself kind of swelled up in your own pride like I don't need I'm good <laughs> what <laughs> what can you do for me I got this it's under control my 401k laid my bank account good house pay I'm good I'm too strong to be weak I don't need God Jesus what but what happens when cancer knocks on your door what happens when the banks crash and you can't go get what you thought you had there what happens when the job that that's been taking care of you and really it's been God lets you go? They downsize on you. What what happens when it don't turn out the way you thought it was going to turn out? When all your strength is gone, what happens then? We got to be careful not to be too strong to be weak, because when we are weak, he is strong in us. And if you think you're strong, it's only because he has lifted you up. I'm just talking to you a little bit this morning about being too busy for Jesus. Man, I know some people like this. I may be one of them too smart to be taught. Man, as much as you read the Bible, the much as you study, God will continue to show you things through his word. You're never there. You'll never graduate. There is no degree in Christ. There's no masters. I don't care how many seminary degrees you get or how many times you've read the Bible. You're never too smart to be taught by God. Every day he's showing and revealing himself to me. I don't know it all. If you're looking for me to give you all the information, I'm going to point you straight to the word. The only reason I can teach is because he's taught me. I'm never going to be too smart for God. Too smart to listen, too smart to learn, too smart to humble myself. What are we talking about today, preacher? Where are we going with this? Well, a little bit of fire going on in our lives, a little bit of problems going on in our lives, but our big God sometimes gets lost in our small world. Yeah. Hey, think about it. Just think about it for a second. If God, if, if, if I don't have time for him in my day and he's the God of everything, how did my world become so big that there's no time for God? There's no place for him. When you think about it, what you're dealing with may be so big to you, but to God, it's a blip. To God, it's, it's merely a minute. It's merely a second. It's so important to you, but to God, it's so vast. He holds the world in the palm of his hands. He knows your issues, my issues, our issues, their issues. He knows every sinner. He knows every savior. He knows every particular thing going on but our lives sometimes gets so big that God is lost on it where are we going it's funny I found this when I was a little boy my grandmother used to say this don't get too big for your britches <laughs> For those who I have to remix and re-explain it, you know, for your jeans, for your skinny, you know, for your, don't get too big for your britches, meaning don't think of yourself highly than you really are. Don't, don't, don't think that you're really something and you're really not something. 
when you're really smaller, don't get too big for your britches. Some of us have got too big and we've let Jesus behind. And don't let it take a sickness. Don't let it take a problem. Don't let it take a disaster in your life to remember that it's Jesus that's in control. It's Jesus that is overall running the situation. I'll break it down to you like this. For my young people who may be listening and for those who just may not understand, sometimes we treat Jesus like a necessary. A pair of sneakers, a watch, a bracelet. We wear him when it's convenient for us. We put him on when we want to look good, when we want to look holy. We, we put Jesus on. He's, he, we, we just treat him like he's an accessory. We, we just, hey, hey, I'm a Christian. Hey, hey, I believe in God. I, you know, hey, hey, I'm good. <laughs> we treat Jesus like he's just something to put on or take off. And when we get tired of playing the, the Christian role and we, we get in a different situation, we can simply just take the Jesus off and leave him in the car. We can just take the Jesus off and put him back on when we get ready. We can just pick him up and put him down, kind of how we don't do with our Bibles. And I'm not, I'm not stepping on your toes because mine hurt too, but I'm telling you that you weren't designed to treat Jesus like an accessory. He's not something that you just put on and take off and something that you just proclaim to look better, something that's just going to enhance you. No, 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 you got it, you got it mixed up. You're the accessory to Jesus. <laughs> you were designed to, to enhance his message to the world. You were designed to bring glory for him that we live in a world that tells us that it's us that's important. It's, it's me that's valuable. I got to take care of myself when Jesus is simply telling you right now that he created you his vessel. He created you his accessory. I know, I know you were thinking higher of yourself. You were thinking more of yourself. You were thinking that you were more important but oh, what a blessing it is to be used by God. Oh, what a blessing it is to be called by him, for him to call you his child, for him to call you his own, that you belong to him, that he would use you. We have gotten too big to think it's all about us. My problems, my issues, my life. Your life belongs to Jesus. I'm gonna make it plain this morning. Huh. How many of us walk through life Living our life, making yourself a priority. Making yourself a priority. That's what they teach you. That's what they tell you. That's what they train you in school. That's the way they show you that I got to post my, my lunch on Instagram. I got to get this tweet pay. I got to do my thing. I got it that my life is it's, it's my priority. That they tell you save yourself first. But that's not what Jesus designed for you to do. <laughs> because while you're trying to save yourself, bless yourself, build yourself, you're leaving God behind. You are becoming the minority in a world where God is the majority of everything. Um, I'm, I'm going to make that plain for you. You are making yourself big in a world where God sees you as this, spot, this, this small. I'm telling you today that if you're walking through your life and you're putting on your mask first, then you got it backwards. I know they've taught you, they've told you, get yours. 
get yours first. Take care of you first. Do your thing first. Then, if you got a little bit of time left over, then if you have just a second, maybe you can do what God called you to do. Maybe after you earn a living, pay for your house, pay your bills, then you can give a little bit to God on the side. But take care of you first. Make yourself a priority. Save you. Bless you. Work for you. But that's not what God said. The word says I must become less so he can become greater. And the whole time while I'm trying to save myself, I ain't got no time for Jesus. I'm too big for him. But how many of you know the blessings that we bless ourselves with, they don't last. They seem to fall apart every single time. You ever try to do something and you didn't consult God about it first? It doesn't mean that he's not going to let you do it. It doesn't even mean that you may have a measure of success in it. But when God gets tired of you doing what he didn't tell you to do, he has a way of bringing you back to him. You can walk back on your own or you can get drugged back. You can walk back or you can crutch back in a hospital bed. God is going to get what he requires of you. It's not make yourself a priority. It is more of Jesus, less of me. Somebody said, well, preacher, how do I? Wait, 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 wait. You, wait, I should be putting the mask on other people? I should be helping other people before me? Well, my word tells me, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things will be added that if you quit trying to save yourself, he can save you. If you quit trying to bless yourself, he can bless you. If you quit trying to do it yourself, he will do it for you. We keep thinking we can do it, but God wants to do it for you. <laughs> Come on. We, I, I love being an accessory because when I'm an accessory, that means he's going to take care of me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, he's going to take care of me because I belong to him. I don't have to take care of God. I don't have to provide for him. He provides for me. We got it remixed. The world has told us that we, we got to make ourselves a priority. And when we do that, we forget about God. The devil don't mind if you keep putting your mask on. The devil don't mind if, if you keep working hard for you and doing everything for you. And when you do get a moment of, of clarity and God speaks to you, like, I ain't got time for that, God. Anybody ever did that before? And anybody ever had a quiet moment, maybe in depression, maybe in prayer, maybe when things going on, God tells you something to do something. You're like, I ain't got time for that. I can't. Come on. God, I got bills. And God says, I got your bills. I can't I can't I can't make a career change. I can't do that. God, what about this? He's like, that's your blessing. You keep wanting your blessing. You can't get mine. You you keep chasing your own blessing. You're going to work all the days of your life and I'll never be able to give you what I want to give you. <laughs> you an accessory acting like you the main thing. Most of us, we treat ourselves like we're the driver of the car. Like we know the destination, like we have to get here and there and Kids got to go here. I got to go to work. I got we got an agenda. But the truth of the matter is we're simply the car and God's a driver. He's the we're designed to take him to certain places. But you won't let him send you where he wants you to go. (laughs) Some somebody got their own destination planned out. They got their own life planned out. Their own area where they want to live, their own job they're going to retire from. And when God says that's not the destination, we're like, wait a minute. I need this amount of money, God. I need this amount of blessing. I need this status. And God's like, uh-uh, that's not the destination. He had quit acting like you're the driver and just understand that you're the car. 
because this is the this is the thing you got to get the analogy God takes good care of his things he don't ride in dirty cars he don't ride in broke cars he don't ride in old cars if you let God use you he gonna take care of you he gonna put you in the best garage he gonna make sure you shine and he's gonna fill you up with plenty of gas and electricity I'm telling you right now if you just step back and let God drive he'll use you he'll take you places that you can't take yourself more Jesus less of me my true purpose is all about Jesus. I mean, really say that to yourself. My true purpose is really about Jesus. <laughs> My true purpose is, it's really about Jesus. It's not about me, the clothes, the cars. All that is is a means to do his will. And the question is, am I doing his will? My true purpose is all about Jesus. We are simply servants of God. We are the vessel God wants to use. Somebody said, preacher, I hear you, but I need a little bit more proof. Okay. Let's take a look at Luke chapter one, verse 28. It tells you of the story of Mary. I love this story because we miss a lot of key details in that story. The angel shows up to Mary. And we all know that Mary is a virgin. How embarrassing it is to be known as a virgin, right? But Mary is a virgin who is engaged to be married to Joseph. Come on, take it to this time. Think about it. She had a lot riding on her situation. I'm sure she had courted Joseph and she was excited about the marriage. She had her life planned out. And here comes an angel. Angel tells her, hey, you're going to become pregnant. Um, and Mary's probably like, wait a minute, like with Joseph, like, hold up. Like, I'm going to become pregnant? What? what? Like, yo, God's going to impregnate you. Wait a minute. Hold up. That's, that's hard. That's hard to swallow. Wait, let me get this right. Hold up. I'm going to have a baby without, wait, hold on. Wait, wait a minute. What? You got to think about it. It had to, for a second, she had to be thinking like, wait a minute. Not just what's going to happen, but what would they say about her? Yeah. How would they treat her? Like, she would lose all her Facebook followers. They would drag her on Instagram. They, they would, what? She'd be on the news, like, crazy lady, impregnated by God. Think about it. This angel delivers this new direction, this destination for Mary to get to, to birth the Savior to the world. And her reply at the end is, be it unto me as you have said it. She didn't have to think about it, pray about it. She just said, be it as to me as you have said it, God. Whoa. What has God asked you to do? That you're like, I'll pray about it. Think about it. Mm. I know about that, God. That's a little crazy. God may be just telling you to bless somebody with a little bit of money, but you're like, I don't know. I don't know about that. God may just be telling you to step out on faith, a new career, a new direction, a new place. And you, I don't know about that. Even so much as sharing the love of Christ with somebody you know who needs it. And you may be like, mm, think about it. Get back to you. Be it unto me as you have said it. We are simply servants of God. We are simply designed to do God's will today. My true purpose is all about Jesus today. 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Matthew 6 and 33. It simply means quit looking at everything else and just look at God. It's funny. I run, but I'm not a good runner anymore. I told you in the beginning, I have asthma. And I equate a lot of things in life to running. In running, you got to be intentional. You know, you have to really think about running. You got to be prepared to run. You can try to run in normal clothes, you won't get very far. You can try to run in normal shoes, you won't get very far. Running increases your heart rate. It takes almost everything in your body to do it. You got to set your mind to do it. It's kind of like living your life for Christ. You got to run. It's not a walk. It's intentional. You can pretty much walk in anything, right? You wake up, walk in your pajamas, walk in clothes. We walk all over the place, but when we run, we prepare. When we live our life for Christ, we must prepare to live our life for Christ. We can't just walk through this life saying we're living for Christ. We must intentionally seek ye first the kingdom of God. And here's the thing. There's a point when I'm running that my mind says stop. My legs say stop and my lungs scream, stop, you have asthma, what are you doing? But I've learned that in the moments when my lungs are burning, that in that moment, if I cannot trust the inhaler, but trust the God who made the lungs. Does that make any sense? If, if I cannot trust the medicine I see, but trust that God can give me the strength to finish my race. That as we live this life, the only way that we can put God first is to trust him. Amen. And that's to trust him when you don't see the options. Trust him when you don't see the money. Trust him when it looks like the marriage is failing. Trust him when the kids are so bad. Trust him in every situation and know that he's going to help you run the race. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. He gonna take care of the rest. God don't drive dirty cars. But here's the thing. We can't be too big for Jesus. We can't. We can't keep walking around in Christian pride and exist. We are some of the worst. Looking good, feeling good about me, but it's really about God. You ever met a Christian that was too high up there? You couldn't even have a conversation with them? Because yeah. the first thing they're going to say to you is, you've sinned. You have too. What are we talking about? Amen. First thing they're going to do is rebuke you, but you don't have a heaven or hell to put me in. Judge you. You don't have, you, you don't. God just sent you here to help. We, we're so easy to point our fingers and so slow to love. We, we too big for Jesus sometimes. We. I just want to impart to you today, wherever you are in your life, whatever you're doing, please make sure it's in the safest place. Just make sure it's in the safest possible place. Somebody said, preacher, what you talking about safe place? On this earth, you will find no safe place. It could be in this house. It could be in your house. You can be in the most fortified place on earth that you think no danger will come and death will still creep under the door. Cancer and diseases and sickness will still come and follow you. You can do everything you can. You can be a vegan. You cannot drive in cars, not take airplane flights, and still end up getting murdered or killed somewhere. There are no safe places but in the hands 
of God. So whatever you're doing, just make sure you're in his hands. I know there's some nail prints in his hands, but it's the safest place. I, I know most of the time when you're in his hands, you really have to trust him. You got to hold on because you're going to go through some things. It may not look like the end of the roller coaster is coming, but he's in control in his hands. It's the safest place. God's will for your life. Don't get too big for Jesus. Practically. Practically, it looks like this. About six foot two. My wife likes to say I'm six one, but two sounds better. And most of the time I walk around up here a little bit taller than some people. I like I like this height. I like being at this level, seeing over things, being big and strong. And sometimes I find myself too big for Jesus. But God always whispers in my ear and reminds me, Warren, your life is about me. And you know how I continue to remind myself that God is the reason for my existence? I go down. I go down. And I humble my life to God. Because it's not about how tall or how big or how much I got. It's all about him. And when I give it all to him, he gives me everything else. And when I get on my knees and I give him my all, he raises me back up. And when a situation comes in my life, I can stand tall because he's the one who's raised me. Thank you for listening. Our prayer is that this word blesses you. Subscribe to our podcast and like us on Facebook and Instagram.